And we're back with another episode of the Anarchist Experience, episode 270, aka Year 6, Week 20. Uh, coming at you this week, as always, I'm your host, Mr. Rich E. Rich, along with MC and JG. All right. And since this is your regular call-in show, those numbers for you to dial are 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. That's 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. So what is going on with you guys this week, MC? And I'm just going to say JG or J as we move forward here. All right. Um, Well, it's it's been an exciting week. And for me, for me particularly, exciting because uh one of my leftist friends in in washington dc said uh made made a very simple post on his on his facebook that said defund the police all of them all of them and i thought okay wow we finally uh got him to join anarchists or um the uh you know libertarian philosophy that uh you know maybe uh cops shouldn't be the only ones with guns is okay so let me i'm gonna stop right there is that surprising coming from the left though because the left is usually oh, yeah. associated with you know with liberalism well because and who's Antifa. gonna who, who's who's gonna take everybody's guns away well, well obviously the police, the police right? So. right but when it comes down to like the people who like like to respect law and order and respect authority uh, seems to be more of a conservative position, typically, right? Like I don't, I don't see a lot of thin and blue lines on leftist cars. Am I wrong in that? Is it, you know, I don't know. Uh, mm, the, because they they like the cops, so I I don't see. Uh, I mean, normally they like the cops. They like the cops okay. enforcing their rule on everybody. Ah, that's the important thing. Both sides like the cops enforcing their rules on each other. Right. Like a, a week, a week or so ago before the riots, it was, you know, the 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 conservative right, the alt right, whatever. Uh, the Second Amendment folks saying, like, let us out of our homes and we're going to protest this lockdown. And the left was calling for, you know, like, ah, why are they allowed to be out of the house and like keep them inside? Uh, and now there's, you know, left protests in the streets. Uh, and it's the exact opposite. Right. It's the left going right. like, you know, we have bad cops. You know, need to pay and defund the police, and the right going like, why are they? Why are you guys out allowed allowed out? You should be, you know, go go military and go crack down and get get these uh, monsters back inside their houses for curfews and whatnot. Right. So anyway, I was I was just really happy to see a leftist saying we don't need cops. Okay. Well, I, I'm sure that's, that's a temporary position. I'm sure it is too. Okay. You know, they're short short sighted and uh, not uh, what do you call it? philosophically or uh that's a good one they're uh, not philosophically consistent they're not principally consistent they they have no principles so it's just whatever the flavor of the week uh my favorite meme this week was uh you know this week um you know uh last week it was you know only cops should have guns and and now actually i can't remember it ah shoot anyway (laughs) moving on all right well speaking of the police uh, this this is something that has to be said here, and I want to do it early enough in the show where if you want to reference it later, uh, it's here for you. Uh, so as you guys know, uh, I also co-host Free Talk Live once a week. Um, and I finally found the line 
uh, of acceptable opinion on that show. Uh, and the only way to find the line is to cross it. And I did so. So I am on a current one-week suspension from Free Talk Live. Uh, and I'm getting basically like the amount of days that I'm allowed on air cut in half. Uh, because one of the other co-hosts shared my opinion ever so slightly. Um, and so we're not allowed to be on the air together. So I'm like, I'm losing half my days to alternate with her. Um, but since that's no longer the forum for this opinion, and I don't think it got like a fair shake on air for obvious reasons, um, the anarchist experience is now the forum that I have to express it. So just a, a brief recap on what happened on free talk live last week, Sunday, uh, what was the date on that? The, May 31st, uh, if you're following that. So if you want to if you want to hear what I said, then check out those archives and then I'll do my best to elaborate on that point here now. Um, so the basic setup was like the, the riots were just getting underway and I, I was following the riots and I was looking at the riot pictures. And the first one of the one of the thoughts that came to mind was. Man, you, you know, like when you were in, you know, high school or, or in history class or whatever, and they had like, you know, the, the battles from like the Revolutionary War or the Civil War, whatever war happened to be going on. And, and you know, like the soldiers would just line up in straight lines across from each other and then and shoot. And then the first line would fall and like the second line would move into place and then they would line and then they would shoot. And then like the next and they were just it was stupid. Uh, at least that's what we thought. Uh, you know, we, you know, we, we look back on that and go, Hey, what is, what a terrible way to fight a battle. You just line up across from each other and shoot. Um, so I'm looking at these right, you know, pictures and videos. And what do I see? I see the cops line up in a straight line, just standing there. Um, not even prepared to shoot. Cause they got like riot batons. They're trying to look intimidating, but they're obviously not prepared for a gun battle. Uh, and my initial thought was now's the time to shoot them. Right. Um, and so I said that on air. And then I said, you know, aim below the chest, uh, because that's where the armor plating is. Um, uh, and one of the other co-hosts chimed in and she said, you know, like aim for the joints too, because there's not a lot of, you know, there's not a lot of armor in the joint areas. Uh, so that's a good place to like to take them down. And I thought everything was cool. There was like a little bit of a, you know, oh my gosh, kind of a moment. Um, then we went to break, we came back from break and a caller called in and said like, are you really advocating, shooting cops. And I said, absolutely. And that's when the, the show like just turned into a train wreck. Um, cause apparently despite, uh, multiple co-hosts sharing that sentiment, uh, despite having heard that view expressed on air before, uh, apparently this was the first time that a, a, a co-host or a guest host has said it on air. So I'm the first, uh, but I found the line across the line. I'm suspended for it whatever. Um, but there's, there's, there's more to it than just that one off line. Um, because for, for me at least, right. Like, you know, when, when the question was asked, uh, you know, I'm told like, you know, be, you can't, you can't just come out directly and say it. Um, there's like, there's roundabout ways to say it. Right. So I, I got some counseling from the two main hosts on how to carry that opinion going forward, if at all, Likely is likelihood is I'm not going to not on air at least um, I'll still have the opinion but now this is the forum to express it um, but also I honored a direct question with a direct answer it was like are you advocating shooting cops and my answer was yeah I am yeah why not right yeah you know um, and so and so that's that's the controversy 
And so that's what I need to elaborate on a little bit more here. Now, I'm not gonna say that I was uh, taken out of context when I said it, uh, but there was definitely a context to the discussion um, that I set it in, right? And that was, you know, specifically around cops lined up, ready to riot in riot gear um, versus uh, a mass protest and, you know, potential rioting from the people side. Uh, and so, like, you know, the, the next night, uh, I wasn't on air, but the, you know, it's a, the same caller called in and, you know, the coast handled the, uh, the co-host on that night handled it a little more better, a little better than me, a little more, uh, well, what's the word I'm looking for? Style and subtlety. Subtlety. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Jay. Um, uh, you know, but I didn't, I didn't hear, I didn't hear, uh, necessarily like disagreement, right? So Ian, Ian disagrees and, and I'll get to that in a minute, but you know, they're like, man, you know, you put on the uniform, you're ready for violence, but let's, you know, what, what, what more could you ask for? Um, so yeah, so that's, that's the situation. Um, before I move on any, anything need, needing to be clarified about that situation or what I said up until this point. Well, lots of questions come to mind. Uh, uh, because, you know, I, I don't, uh, I don't see the justification for shooting cops. Um, I mean, I I could see it in Nazis, hit, uh, Hitler's uh, Germany uh, when uh, under circumstances uh, that, uh, you know, the, the horrendous, uh, terrible state. But I, I don't see anything close to that at at this time. Uh, and I, I mean, I, it seems to me that um, there is violence on both sides. I... I the, the term anarchist too has all kinds of different connotations. I don't. Uh, um, uh, I don't even. I don't even like the term because it's so ill-defined. So many different groups use it in different ways. I sure. like the idea of uh, voluntarism, and I. Um, I think a voluntary society can resolve most of the problems of. I mean, all of the problems that we face in society better than a, a violent society. Part of that is um, even security. You know, we in a voluntary society would want security against um, aggression, against violence, and that's so far as I see it is what the nature of this of this confrontation is out on the streets right now. There's there's violence in both sides, and and uh, you know maybe I bet I so maybe you need to elaborate more okay. what what the context is that you're referring to because I I, will... I just I'll Don't. also address your points, right? Yeah. One of the one of the lessons that we should take away from the history of Nazi Germany is you don't wait until you're being loaded on the boxcars to fight back, right? At some point, every every encroachment on liberty is an advantage to the state, to the government, to the controlling power. So if you can foresee a time in Nazi Germany. Uh, to go ahead and you know defend yourself against the police, uh, then surely there's a line somewhere, and we're just talking about degrees. And if you want to talk about degrees, we can have that discussion. Well, as well. yeah, I don't, I don't see the current situation anywhere close to what it was in Nazi Germany. Okay, what would you have to see to change your mind on that? 
Well, in Nazi Germany, um, uh, Hitler and his brown shirts, they were the unofficial protesters who stirred up trouble, beat up and killed opponents uh, from the left and right and anybody who stood in between. Mostly it was aimed at Jews just because they were Jews. And um, they were glad to um, wrest the powers of the state to uh, Im impose their will by, by violence on every sector of the, of the society. They uh, uh, outlawed the press, they outlawed uh, or, and, and controlled the media. Uh, they uh, uh, started sending people off to concentration camps without any due process, uh, w without any rights whatsoever. I mean, we, we don't have that anywhere near that kind of circumstance. In a sense, I don't know about that. I would, right. I would parallel uh, the, the reason that the, it's a Black Lives Matter protest um, is because black folks have been experiencing treatment similar to the Jews early on, right? They're, they are not being led into boxcars. They're not being rounded up specifically uh, because of their color. Um, at this time, uh, but they are being murdered in the streets by people in blue shirts, right? That's the whole point. There's, there's, there's clearly a, a racial problem within police departments that target African-Americans or black folks more so than they do white folks. Uh, and that doesn't even mean they don't do white folks, right? Like, uh, you know, remember the name Duncan Lemp uh, comes up, right? They, they, they kill with impunity. Um, and they have done yeah. so. And this is the response, right? This is, this is what happens when they do that so much and, and they don't see any justice. So to say that, you know, they're, they're, just because it's not Jews again or because it's not happening to you, uh, doesn't mean there's not a group of people uh, who it's happening to. You say no, that, but that's that's the combination of the overlap of two completely different motives here. Yes, you're right about the the treatment of of blacks and the uh, um, and the brutality that's been experienced by um, by them throughout uh, society. But um, the people who are protesting it. Um, so far as I know, the overwhelming numbers involved are peaceful, uh, civil rights uh, uh, marches like uh, like Martin Luther King advocated as being effective. They killed and there him are, too. And there are, yeah, and there are looters. Who did that? Uh, and and uh, uh, people who are are breaking into stores and doing all kinds of uh, damage, not ideologically motivated. They're just. Um, Shut down by the uh, by the uh, economy right now. Out of work, eager to have fun. Boy, you know, uh, I, I'd say that this uh, element of it, a much much smaller element of the whole thing, is violent. But it's not the whole picture of protest. It's not. In fact, okay. I would say that most of that violent protest isn't related to the Black Lives Matter uh, concern. Okay. Some I, of it is. I want to say. Go ahead. Some some of it is because feeling the frustration of this, I, I suppose that a lot of people feel, well, violence is going to, uh, we're fed up and we're going to bring about the change that we need, but this doesn't bring about the change. It only brings heightened violence on both sides. Okay. That's fair. Uh, 
but I, I think you may be painting what I'm saying with a broader brush as well then. Because I didn't say I supported the riots, right? I didn't say I supported the looting, right? I just said this is an opportune time that if, if you're on that side and you're trying to advance in a battle, this is the opportune time to like to take out your enemy because they're standing up in a straight line across the battlefield from you, right? But you said that when when somebody asked you, are you advocating shooting cops? You said absolutely, meaning yes. yes. So, well, why? Why I don't I don't. Uh, you're not just talking about tactics and tactics and strategy. You're saying yes. Well, yeah. But but also because I believe that this is now strategically a good time to do it. So this is a quote from uh, Dr. Robert Higgs. You might be familiar with that name. Um, the good cop, bad cop question can be disposed of decisively. We only need consider the following. Number one, every cop has agreed as part of his job to enforce laws, all of them. Number two, many of the laws are manifestly unjust or even cruel and wicked. Number three, therefore, every cop has agreed to act as an enforcer of laws that are manifestly unjust or even cruel and wicked. There are no good cops. Well, I don't think so. I think that there are cops who do exercise judgment uh, in every circumstance. Uh, some of them do stupid things, like this guy putting his uh, knee on... Uh, uh, Flo uh, George Floyd. Uh, was that? Should, That's should his name, he right? be shot? Is it okay to shoot him? Would that, um, have been, would that have been acceptable at the time to save George Floyd's life? I think that he was not carrying out the law, and I okay. think that yes, it would be uh, just self-defense for George Floyd to save his life, or for uh, someone in attendance to save his life. Okay. Uh, by doing what was necessary there. But what about the, the what about the old man that got shoved down by the the riot squad as he was trying to hand back their riot helmet? It was bleeding from the ears. Did you see this video? Uh, no. I saw it. No. You um, saw it. So so basically, the guy uh, approached the cops, and the cops said, "Get back!" And they and then they he he the the old guy touched one of the officers, and so in response, he got pushed, and uh, he shoved fell down. back. Yeah. Well, I mean. He's a seventy-five-year-old guy. He, he he didn't look like he had a, you know that much capability for balance and stuff. So does that uh, he mean that, that amount of force got, was justified? He got lightly shoved and he fell back and hit his head on the ground. Yeah, but um, if you're if you're a riot cop, right? If you're a riot squad and you see a seventy-five-year-old guy, is he that much of a threat that you have to shove him down? If he can barely stand on his own, right? What is he going to do to you? Oh, I'm not. I'm not justifying the the behavior of the okay. cop. I'm just saying that. Um, it, what about the homeless guy in the wheelchair I, that they just fucking put a rubber bullet just, um, like you know, from ten feet away? He's just rolling across the street, just pop right in the face <laughs> with a rubber bullet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's terrible behavior on, on the JG. Does self-defense justified in these cases? But there, there's also another aspect. Is it? Is it? Uh, well, I don't know. I, I, I think a lot of the riots are, are silly. It's like they, they are getting into these situations because they want to get shot by bullets so that they can get more attention. Um, so know, they're if, choosing, if they're choosing to get shot, 
You got well, if you want to go out there and write, you know that the cops are going to shoot you. So on you. I mean, in a way, yeah. I mean, there's plenty of places that you can go where there aren't lines of cops. Okay. So why so why go there? I mean, <laughs> you know, it's like to me it's like really obvious like what what the intention is. And that is to basically get in a fight. And and that's normal human behavior. You get mad, you want to get in a fight. And okay. th- that doesn't necessarily mean you want it to be uh with, you know, 9 millimeter bullets. Well, um, they don't even show up with proper weapons. That's the other thing. Right? Oh, you, have, the riot, you have protest yeah, yeah. you have protesters showing up in t-shirt and jeans. Right. right, and you have riot cops with riot pads, shields, and batons. Right, right, which means if you approach that line, and you're not prepared to fight, you're going to get bonked. Right, just right in the head. Just well, exactly. And you're going to exactly. Get... And so is it just? So that's that's why I don't. I, I, it is. I, I don't. I don't really like the the tactics of uh, protests and riots. Um, but. Uh, I think it it can be successful sometimes, and it might be successful this time. They might get some some law changed. Uh, one one thing I noticed there there was another murder that happened in the same way as George Floyd, but it was a white guy in 2016. Yeah, uh, no and rights. It's very similar because the guy was just being you know held, and there's like you know three cops on his back, um, and they were laughing the whole time and basically not letting the guy move at all. And I think they even injected some some uh, sedative into him. Okay. Um, and then they uh, and th- they were laughing the whole time. And then the, when when he stopped moving, they they put him in an ambulance, and the and the EMT was like, uh, "He's dead." And they were yeah. they were joking they were joking about well sons uh, of bitches. Yep. You know, the, the one the one cop said, "I hope we didn't kill him," and then the other cop says, "Who's we? I didn't do that." <laughs> you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, he was there, right? He's he an was accessory, there. sure, sure. At least, right? Um, that one cop who just stood around with his fucking hands in his pockets in the George Floyd thing—he got charged. So, but what what I noticed was it, it happened in basically the same way. You, you know, you got three heavy guys sitting on somebody for an extended amount of time. It's something about, about their training, and I don't know if it's just in the left. Uh, leaning states that this is happening um but it seems like uh well i know this is true you know it, it they get trained a certain way and that's what they do and they don't they don't use their brain you know if right. someone's saying hey I, i'm having a hard time breathing that what they think is and they they've been trained to respond in this way well if you're talking then you're still breathing and so the, yeah. the solution shouldn't be sit on them until they can't <laughs> breathe and they can't talk. That's that's ridiculous, right? Look, I've got <laughs> I've got firsthand experience with this. Right. So I got arrested, dragged from my car. I did the whole like I will not assist, but I will not resist shtick. So mm-hmm. I went limp. They dragged me everywhere. Um, you know, they cuffed me. They dragged me. They carried me. You know, from my car, dragged me, loaded me up into the police car. You know, had to hold me up to strap me in drive me to the police station, dragged me in, you know, carried me, uh, you know, multiple cops carrying me into, you know, whatever uh, processing area they got to. Um, and as, you know, I'm not moving, I'm not resisting, I'm just limp, right? Um, as there are, <laughs> p- 
it, it's a tactic, man. It, it's effective. Yeah, I know. I'm, I wish okay. I was there to watch it. <laughs> so as, as I'm laying there and they're doing whatever they need to do to get me shackled or unshackled, I don't remember specifically at this point, right? Some asshole cop just walks up and put his knee on my head, right? Just fucking knee on my head, you know, into the cement. Um, and because I am who I am, I said, oh, the old knee on the head trick. What, they teach you that at the academy? You know, as I'm laying there on the ground. Um, and then another cop will call him the, the good cop, quote unquote, in this situation, um, you know, kind of pushes off and says, no, you don't need to do that. Right. So luckily for me, uh, there was, you know, a better than normal cop uh, still still kidnapped me. Right. Still had me in shackles, still arrested me. All the charges were dropped, by the way. So this was obviously excessive. Uh, but I had the knee on that. They, they fucking did it to me. So. I've experienced it's a tactic. It's what they do. And then whether or not it's enough to kill you or not probably depends on the situation and the circumstance, mm-hmm. but they do it. Um, so you can't tell me that, you know, it's just a few bad apples that do this. Uh, like you said, MC, it, it's training. Um, to your point, JG, uh, if you here, here's where this gets into like the tactical aspect. Cause you brought up something interesting, right? In the George Floyd case, you said that it would have been uh, it would have been okay for George Floyd in self defense, uh, you know, to defend himself against the cop with the knee on the head, or for a bystander to, to do something in that situation, right? Am I am I clear on that? Because I don't want to misquote. Well, no, it seems. Uh, I mean, we know now that he died, and therefore, to prevent death, you would think you, know, you would have to do something to uh, to to stop an unjust death. You would have um, to do it ahead of time. Because doing it afterwards doesn't really cut it, right? You're not saving a life. Well, exactly, but but the problem is, you know, how many times are people taken down and they're not, and they're not killed each time? So you don't, right. you know, you didn't know that murder was gonna that was the consequence until after it was over. Aha. Uh-huh. I mean, how, how, suppose that every time that that uh, uh, the police take someone under arrest, take someone down, it. it is it legitimate to assume that it's going to lead to death? I don't think so. I think that most of the time it doesn't lead to deaths, and, and it's just a process of arrest. And and sure, some guys are more rough and brutal with it than others. I don't think that... Uh, you're getting into these lifeboat situations where you take... It's not uh, a lifeboat situation. This actually happened. I know it happened, but it one out of a million times... One out of a thousand one times. One in 2016. There's a few already this year, this week or this year. Yes, yes. I, I, for that More guy, often of course, for black it was the folks. whole the whole world. But what is your uh, okay? Get to what you. So you would say that every time that you just shoot cops. Well, what I'm here's here's where I'm saying tactically. If you're if you're saying that it's legitimate use of self defense to defend the life of George Floyd against those cops. In that moment, um, you will never you will never be able to do that, right? That will never be tactically viable, because in the moment, the individual is always outnumbered, right? When you know when when, when they go to arrest George Floyd, he'll never be able to defend himself against a bad cop because it will always be four on one. So you will never have that opportunity. Cops will always outnumber you. Um, in the case, let's take this back a minute to the case in, you know, Virginia, where there was the, the second amendment rally and the people with guns saying like, you will never come and take our guns. 
right, uh, in Virginia uh, some months ago, um, they will come for your guns, but they're not going to do it while you're out there protesting, right? They're going to come knock on your door while you're having dinner with your family and say, and, you know, with, with seven SWAT officers outside the door, they're going to say, all right, can you just give us the guns? Because we don't, we don't, you're going to lose a shootout. Um, so then you just turn over your guns because unless you want to die, right, you just, you just do it. So the, the self-defense rationale is never going to come to fruition because you are always going to be outnumbered. They always have the, the manpower advantage in that situation. Um, this riot situation, they don't. It's one of the few times where the people have the man advantage against the oppressive state government. And, and when you have, you, not only do you have that man advantage, uh, everyone's required to wear masks. So they, they, they've created this, this environment where uh, your, your view is obscured or your, your, your profile, your facial recognition, whatever, is obscured by state decree and you have the man advantage to, to you know, actually do something about what is a perceived injustice and not just a perceived injustice, a systematic injustice. And so what I'm saying is the, the only way for people in, you know, in, in law enforcement roles to realize that not only uh, are they not to act in a manner that's detrimental to the health of the public, but doing so may put their very life on the line as well, you have to send that message. So strategically, this was the moment. And it came and went. I, I think six police officers have been killed since the the riots started. Um, Good. Time. And there, <laughs> well, I I think it's hilarious the the response from some of the the police. You know, they're doing their public kneeling and stuff. And uh, but I I doubt they will ever admit that they're. Uh, enforcing bad laws and basically just pissing off a bunch of people. Um, so I, I think one of the reasons why there is so much, uh, participation, uh, against the police brutality is because everybody has been affected, uh, in some way by over aggressive cops. Yes. Um, and, and, and finally my, everyone coming out in force against, I mean, I, I always call it out whenever police do it to somebody else, but, you know, in my stupid, you know, because I I try to interact with them as least as possible. But you know, Same I got a ticket, ticket from, uh, you know, I had a had a passenger in the back seat. Uh, he didn't put it. You know, he's an adult, forty years old, and uh, he didn't put his seatbelt on when I was picking up from the airport. And so I got pulled over at the airport, you know, in the parking lot basically, uh, and got a ticket for that. Now, that's the kind of stupidity that you can expect from cops and the whole. Uh, law enforcement system, um, you know, there should be no seatbelt laws. There should because some stupid cop will piss off uh, some normal, you know, normally normal person uh, that is just living his own life the way he wants, and and so now you've got someone that hates cops, you know, for the rest of his life basically. Because how stupid is it to give somebody give a, an adult a ticket? For, for having an adult in the back seat that didn't put on his seatbelt, right. you know, it's just it's it's so retarded, it's so avoidable. 
Like all you have to do is be rational, but uh, rationality isn't what the law is about. Uh, it's about um, compliance, and which is which is another aspect of why I said what I said, because there's not a lot of people that have like voluntary interactions with the cops, right? Then not a lot of the people in my circle are the ones going out there and like, oh yeah, let's you know let's go talk to the cops or whatever. When you call them, bad they take the report and they're on their way. But for the most part, the interaction that you have with a cop is non-voluntarily, is non-voluntary, and is always initiated with a veiled threat, right? Comply, or we, the police, will escalate the violence. So whether you're pulled over for a seatbelt or jaywalking or passing, you know, a, a, a potentially counterfeit $20 bill, right, the, the interaction with the cop is already non-voluntary, non-voluntary, right? It's already, it carries with it the threat of violence, which is already uh, 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 a non-aggression principle violation, if that's the angle you want to take, right? You didn't want to talk to them. You're compelled to talk to them because they outnumber you and they have the guns. Uh, and so what are you to do, right? How, how, do you, how do you balance the odds in that situation? Well, on an individual basis, you can't. It's impossible. They outnumber you. They have the guns. They initiated the interaction, so they caught you off guard. You were not prepared for it. You're not equipped for it. Uh, and then you have this riot, and all of a sudden you can be. This is it. Well, let me ask. Okay, suppose that you had the magic wand and you could poof disappear all the cops they're not already, present at all already abracadabra all right um how do you suppose um your life would be after that all pleasant and calm and peace and uh the same people out there who voted for this system who um and continually uh, uh support the that kind of system they're not all as rational as you. They're not all going to say, okay, now we'll just peacefully go about our business without, without cops. Um, what do you envision it to be like? Uh, well, during the riots, there, there was actually a couple companies that, that hired their own private defense for their, their yeah. stores and their commercial outlets. So that's, and Some of the people defending their stores got arrested for defending their stores. Guess right. by that, whom? That, that happened in Ferguson also. Guess by whom, JG? Try to defend your own property, and who comes to take away your guns? Take a guess. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I imagine the cops, yeah. Imagine uh, the cops. I mean, the, these are dumb things, but the world doesn't end with dumb things just because you eliminate the cops, you know? And I, I, you know, I, I, I hear what you're saying, but frankly, uh, reading on the great historical perspective around the planet... Um, don't you think that actually life is pretty good right now? Things are, are, have been a hell of a lot worse in human history. And, uh, it, it's, it's not so, it's not so awful. Yes, there are these, these, uh, crises that have always been around and always much worse. Actually, the great thing about these days is that we've got little iPhone cameras that can record all these abuses of authority. Never happened before. Doesn't you know, save the 10, life of the 20, person 30 years abused. ago. 
Well, but it's much less likely to happen now that people can be um, videotaped. I'm guessing Bullshit, that because a they lot have the camera more... on the cops from George Floyd. They looked directly into the camera. They stood on his yes. neck and looked in the camera. They don't care. Forfeit. Well, do you think that they cared more or or had uh, any different attitude uh, 30 years ago when they knew that there was nobody watching, no recording of what they were doing, and they could they could do it without any... Transparency has an effect on people. They get embarrassed. They get uh, public outrage. They get uh, uh, called to, to task. I mean, look, these yeah, guys are at they least get being... riots. At least these, <laughs> these guys are getting charged with murder. That would not have happened before. That would not have happened if there were no riots. It wouldn't have happened without a video camera of it. Right, because the video the camera led to the riots. Well, if they got him on, if all they did was get him on video and that was the end of it, right, then it would just, just like all the other cases, they would, they would lower the charge, give him his, you know, give him paid time off, uh, sentence him to probation, and then when he's done with probation, uh, reinstate his job with full back pay. Because that's the MO. Yeah, that's, that's uh, very possible. Yeah. Um, so I, all I'm I, saying I, is I, when you're, when I, you're I, faced with that level of like injustice, right? When you're faced with that level of inequality between the oppressors and the people, right? When the people have the strategic advantage to remove some of the oppressors, you get you take the opportunity. Well, I would say that there's a difference between protest and riot. The protest can have, and protest comes in a lot of ways. It comes in writing and ideas and speeches and and uh, uh, the, the the whole of the education of a community over a long period of time, and that has been changing. You cannot say yeah. that, that the condition of of blacks and Hispanics and um, gays and uh, um, Jews and people all throughout society hasn't improved in the last hundred years. It's right. improved a lot. And it hasn't been just by rioting. It's been also by this massive protest of the mind that You're changes correct. people's thinking. And in, and in taking that long approach, right, you are willing to sacrifice every individual who faces injustice by the police and is murdered along the way right so that you can feel good about this long goal approach right you know well but the short goal approach doesn't always I mean, come on you know, you say yes the, somebody's going to die another way too you know you you uh if you've got a magic not with uh, a knee on his neck yeah. i i'm I, the guy had uh medical issues oh um, and he, no covid 19 they're going to no, chalk it up as a COVID-19 death because he no, had it. No. That came <laughs> I, out, too. I don't George know Floyd he, had COVID-19. It was a respiratory somebody, problem. Somebody said he was on fentanyl and uh, uh, what's the Adderall one? I forget. So a knee on the neck just exacerbated his medical condition. So, so if you have a what, medical condition, just don't let cops put your knee on your neck. Right. So one of the things that, that he said was, I think even before he was put uh, laid down or knocked down or I don't even know how he got down the ground was that he was having, he was having difficulties breathing. Um, and, but he also said, I'm, I'm not getting in the car. And one of the reasons why he might not want to get in the car is because he felt like he was dying or having a heart attack or uh, having problems breathing or whatever. And, and I would react the same way too. If I was 
having a medical issue, uh, I wouldn't want to get in the back of a car where, uh, you know, you could die without anybody even knowing. So these public servants, um, rather than call the ambulance and get medical sure. personnel, took him to yeah, the ground yeah. and, and choked and killed him. Yeah. And ma I think mainly because it was their, their training. Uh, okay. Put him on the ground, sit him on until they stop moving it at all, because that would be seen as resisting somehow. Um, of course. <laughs> yeah, it, I think it's ridiculous. And uh, my my dad, who's a, a former cop, also said the same thing. Uh, that yeah, there's no, it's not necessary to do that. You just you you get them under control, and then you get them up and see if they're all right, and then put them in the car. Um, Maybe obviously, bump he his head right along the way in the into the car. And, Oop, watch yeah. the door. <laughs> Right. <laughs> well, now, MC, that's a good thing you raised. You mentioned about your dad, and uh, could you say, uh, was he a good cop or a bad cop? What did he think about uh, his role? Did he real view himself as just a, a brute who wanted to go around and beat up people and kill them, or was he yeah, playing an entirely I, different role in society? I, I wish he was here to speak for himself. I mean, he's still alive, but uh, I wish he was on the on the call. Um, but I would say he's a, a good person in a in a bad role. Um, if he got so, the assignment, would he put on the riot gear? Would he have the baton ready to stand in force? Well, he he got the call to do that a couple of times, and he uh, basically called in sick. Kudos, so, <laughs> right? Uh, Smart guy. And and it's very rare to have somebody that can think for themselves and be like, okay, I don't want to be in that situation. It won't make anything better, so I'm just not going to go. Um, but the ones that do now, put on the battle the ones that gear, do, ready for well, battle. It's the, same, it's the same thing as the Milgram experiment. There's there's people that enjoy it, oh. and and even if they go, oh well, it might kill them. They go, well, it's for science, so I'm going to press the button. You know, so what or whatever excuse they come up with, it doesn't matter. But the, but the point is they think they're good people for doing sure they do. what they want to do. Um, and, and that, that's Did you a, see the line a, of cops outside the, that, uh, the, 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 the cop with the neon, I forget his name, Coven, Chauvin, Gavin, whatever it happens to be before they arrested him when the, when the protest first started, right? There weren't cops lining up in front of private businesses to protect them from looters. They were lined up in front of this dude's house. Thin, that's the thin blue line manifest in reality. We would rather protect a cop who's on camera murdering a black dude than protect private businesses from riots. Right, I think I've quiet made, there. Well, <laughs> well, again, I think I've made my case. If you, if you have more. If you have more to add, I'll be happy to elaborate further. But strategically, I'll reiterate then, strategically, this was the time. It's the it was one of the few times in history where the people well, you, had the numbers of the numbers advantage against government. And when yeah, it first that, started you, you keep making the the case that that the people that are rioting aren't even making. Like they, they don't see it as a a way to defeat the government or def to defeat the the police or to end police what what they're what they're trying to do is make a whole bunch of noise and that's the, what they've succeeded at doing yeah but they burned down a police station they set cop cars on fire yeah so they right. but it wasn't the intent wasn't to end the police it was just to make a point 
Yeah. It was, and so uh, it's it's totally uh, it's it's two separate things that that we're we're talking about. It could be unless you're one of the people who wants to overthrow the oppressive nature of the government, right? In which case, yeah, which is you, very few people. Which is very few people, but those people could have acted with the crowd as cover. That's the other strategic thing. You have all you have all these other protests coming together, right? You have all this angst, anger, and animosity coming together. Uh, it's the perfect cover. You want bad optics? Yeah. You fire from the crowd, and the cops fire I think, back well, into a crowd of innocents. I mean, that's so so pathetically cowardly to say, oh, I'm going to do some damage to that guy that I don't like because of what he's doing. And if a whole bunch of collateral damage occurs around me uh, as a consequence, um, well, wow, what have I, what great deal I've accomplished. That's so Do you think so the cops pathetic. care about collateral damage? Cops don't care about collateral well, damage. I, well, All their collateral sweeping. damage is paid for by the taxpayers. Well, you're sweeping all cops as exactly the same. They're not. They're a mix of, of people in society and ideas and values just as everybody else in society. Not the ones and who put I, on the right and year and showed up for a battle. And you're suggesting that the one who stands in the crowd fires at the, at the cops in the hope that, well, I'm protected by this mass of people who are just going to get uh, crushed by the back, uh, uh, the, the blowback on it. They won't get crushed. That's the thing. It's one of the few times you had the numbers advantage. No, but that's, you're not setting out a prescription for a resolution of any problem. It's just an escalation furthermore. Do you, th you think the police aren't just going to call in more uh, until they have uh, more firepower? I mean, they're not just going to say, oh, I'm sorry, we're going to back off. Uh, yeah, you, you, you won. They called Come in. The they didn't even do what I said to do, and they already called in the National Guard, right? At which point— yeah. Right. At which point you're losing the advantage, which is why when I said it, right, there was a strategic advantage because it hadn't gotten to that point yet. No, but and it's only the a temporary, closed. a temporary strategic advantage. And, and what what's the strategic advantage if you get a whole lot of now when we say collateral damage, it's you were talking about the importance of George Floyd's life. How about the importance of all these other people around? They're, they're out there sincerely raising the concern about uh, the treatment of blacks and so on, and then they get shot because you, you want to make another point about uh, how the cops are oppressive in every other way? Come on, that's, that's, that's uh, just as, as inconsiderate and, and, uh, and uh, violent against innocent bystanders uh, as this case <laughs> against uh, Floyd, uh, George Floyd. Floyd George. Only, what, what, what is George it? Floyd. Floyd George. George Only Floyd. Only if the cops yeah. shot back, right? And the violence. Here's the other thing. I I didn't say this up front, but I will say it now, and I've said it before, right? Violence is always the answer. What what peaceful societies do is they try to resolve conflicts before it gets to the violent stage, but it is always with the idea that violence could resolve this later on if we don't if we don't resolve it peacefully and amicably it it it, it gets to violence now what i've said on on here in the past and i don't know if you've uh, heard me say this 
before as well, JD, is the Mexican drug cartels have it right, right? They, they, a new cop comes into town, like the, there's a new chief of police and they kill him, right? And then they, they appoint a new chief of police and they kill him, right? And then pretty soon, no one wants to be the chief of police. So if you say like, well, what effect could this have? It could easily have the, the similar effect of if you can sustain this for a long enough period of time, either no one wants the job because it also carries with it that threat to their life and it's no longer worth the paycheck or <laughs> they change their tactics so as not to ire the unrest of the people. Wait a minute. You're, the, the, the drug lord is your hero here? The drug lord and a, a gang that, that, that I mean, is, is true. The drug war exists because of the police state uh, and their drug war in the first place. But every drug war is going to find some other uh, cause. If it's not drugs, it's going to find anything else that to as, as a way. It's, they're, they're the mafia who will uh, kill with, and with impunity. That's not exactly the heroes of your story, are they? I mean, are they... Are they better than the cops? They're effective. The well, yes, they are. They, they're yes, they are better than the cops, uh, because the massive slaughter that they do on innocent civilians in their neighborhoods, which again, as you said, only exists because of the drug war and the prohibition on what would otherwise be just another business. And if it wasn't that, it'd be something else. It'd be extortion. It'd be. Remember the every every. Um, a uh, mafia figure knows. Okay, if we if we're not dealing with the illegal things, let's just uh, just extort money from. Let's kidnap some people. It, it doesn't depend on the that's on the cops the outlawing drugs. It's it's what that's the police no. now. That's the mafia now, right? What service do they offer? What product do they offer aside from give us your tax money or we're going to kill you? That's the mafia now. Well, it's a revenue generating scheme I, for the oppressive governments in each and every state and on the federal level. So that's that's our choice is to have uh, one mafia or another, I guess. I still like the idea. I think that I, I would much prefer uh, the role that Martin Luther King um, and uh, Henry David Thoreau and Mahatma uh, uh, Gandhi uh, took as a way of challenging the state through ideas and civil disobedience, nonviolence, because what you're, it, it, it's not that you're doing nothing, it's you're affecting people's minds and ideas, and that's the more powerful uh, uh, engine of change. I wouldn't disagree with that. I would much prefer that as well. But if they're going oh, to continue to, to hear that. But if they, the state, the oppressive nature of the state, the enforcers of the state diktats are going to act violently with impunity, right? I don't well, have a problem. I, I'd say that Martin Luther King was very effective, even though the they state killed him. continued on time and time and time again, uh, brutalizing the civil rights uh, movement. But ultimately, the civil rights movement won. They won the hearts and minds of the population. It wasn't the brutality that won, and that that's the case that almost never wins. It's a, it's the winning over the hearts and minds. I just gave the you the case wins. Mexican drug cartels. You don't want cops, right? In in the case in the case of like the you know, the the Mexican drug cartels, 
right? Who in that example has more liberty with the strict definition of the word? Is it the people? Is it the cops? Or is it the cartel? Well, the one, the kingpin of a cartel is the only one free in a, in a drug cartel. Every other member of that cartel is a slave to the kingpin. There's no freedom there except for the, for the guy at the top. So you got to be the guy at the top. <laughs> well, good luck at that. I mean, well, yeah, good luck at that. <laughs> Telling you, rich, we should be politicians. <laughs> it's, it's man, if we could be the guy at the top. <laughs> if I didn't have a strict moral code, right? Here's that's the thing. Okay, I will say this in in as it relates to anarchy, because this is the anarchist experience, right? That is one of the reasons why I don't like um, individualist anarchists and that whole um, Max Stirner viewpoint, uh, where it's all about me, the individual, because it doesn't lead to anything other than, well, yeah, if you want absolute liberty, you have to just play that game, enter that system, and get to the top, right? Because if only the guy at the top has, a, has complete liberty, right, then you gotta be that guy. And the only way to get there is to play through that system. So I, I don't- I would say that Solzhenitsyn in the first circle made the strong point that even the man at the top, Stalin, was not free. He considered himself uh, terribly paranoid that, that everybody was out to kill him. And so he imprisoned himself, you, say, you might say, in this, in this world of security, because in this bunker of, of life, uh, because he was convinced that his manner of, of control made him vulnerable to everybody you think yeah so there i mean you, you okay i'm yeah we we think that the person at the top has the uh, the greatest freedom but no even they don't so who does me yeah <laughs> <laughs> maybe i don't i don't know this max sterner and and but the individualist uh that you're referring to but it seems like mc is probably the freest guy because he's um uh, he's the least likely to be um, uh, paranoid about any kinds of, of fears. He just eludes them. He just well, I'm, outpaces I'm, I'm them. I'm paranoid, but I just, uh, what do you call it, live with it. It also doesn't hurt. It also doesn't hurt that when you do get stopped by the cops, right, you happen to be white. Maybe not so much in Hawaii because it's a you know kind of a reversal thing there, but in general, right, you would have more concern uh, if you were a person of color that your that your passenger uh, might not be wearing their seatbelt because what could that lead to? It's not a voluntary interaction with the police. You're certainly well within your natural right to defend yourself against aggression in the moment. Sure. It's just strategically not a good place to do it because you won't be outnumbered. All right, Ken. Quit messing I'm... with the table. <laughs> <sighs> Sorry about that. Oh, it makes noises. Yeah, yeah. in the mic, yeah. <laughs> you were saying? No, that's, I, the, I said it. Yeah, one thing that kind of puzzles me is about people. If people do feel terribly oppressed in a place where they happen to live... I'm wondering how often do they look around for another place 
that is, um, you know, more suitable. I mean, do people, I think people do move a lot. Yeah. And the planet has always been filled with movement from places of high tyranny to places of lower tyranny. And that's um, one reason why it's very, very good to be open to people moving in or moving out. I would agree. Because, uh, in fact, yeah. A lot of times Solman it comes down has to the... this, uh, Go ahead. Ilya Solman has this uh, good book out called uh, uh, Voting With Your Feet or something like that, where b basically people are constantly adjusting to and shaping and reshaping society by the enormous amount of movement around the planet throughout history that's existed. It's got an enormous benefit. Yeah. A lot of times it comes down to just the poverty trap, right? Uh, especially here in the United States, if if you're in, if you're in an area with not a lot of liberty and not a lot of freedom, uh, it can be prohibitively expensive to move out of it because you just can't build up the amount of funds necessary to leave. Well, it doesn't take much funds, but it takes courage, I think, to move to leave behind everything that's familiar to go to something that's unfamiliar and potentially hostile. Yeah, that's that's the struggle, but that's why the, the best people, the most diligent people are the ones that pick up and move. And the ones who are the most afraid, the most um uh you know, stuck in their ways and the most um well, uh um yeah, just stuck. Uh, they they stay there and they're the least innovative. That's why you want to yeah. You want to exp uh, encourage people to move because the best will go to the where the conditions are best. Yeah. And sometimes it's the state preventing that, right? Because you do, yeah. you do something, right, that may not be, uh, that may not have a victim and you get caught up in the state system, right? And then you're either in jail, uh, on parole, or on probation. Uh, and part of the conditions of that is you're not allowed to leave the state. Right. Or you pay a fee so they can migrate your paperwork to the next state. Right. But if you mm. if you continually find yourself in that trap, well, then you're stuck. You got no place to go either. Right. I, I, I you know, we, we well, these are the, the 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 stuck in your own mind, you know. Well, that's a yeah, bigger factor. It, but I'm also saying you can be stuck in the state system where you're not where you're prohibited from from uh, migrating or prohibited yeah. from voting with your feet. Yeah. Right. I, I, uh, I originally signed the Statement of Intent for the Free State Project in 2007. Uh, it took me 11 years to make the move. The first five years of that, um, I, was, I was, always had some court thing lined up for some BS with the state, right, where ah, I got another court date in three months, can't move yet. Oh, I got another court date in six months, can't move yet. Oh, I'm on probation. All right, so I got to wait another year. So you, it, again, first-hand experience. You can get caught up. I remember talking to my attorney and the probation officer going like, hey, I'm supposed to be moving to New Hampshire for this for this thing. Uh, I'm trying to do that, you know, quick, fast, and in a hurry so I can get out of here. And the response was, well, you got to wait a year, right? Not only do you have to wait a year, don't worry about it. The year will fly by. It'll be done before you know it, right? Year after year after year. Who enforces that, by the way? The answer is the cops. All right. Final thoughts? Well, that was stressful. Good. <laughs> it should be. Because, like, well, I said I... it. I think I, I think, you know, uh, you know, 
aside from a few, I hear, I hear the rebuttals, um, but I think I made a pretty solid case. All right, that'll do it for us. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. You guys know where to find us, anarchistexperience.com, uh, on Telegram, t.me slash anarchistexperience, t.me slash theanarchistexperience. Uh, and if you want to contribute to the show financially, uh, you can do so through Patreon, patreon.com slash theanarchistexperience. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next week. Peace.